Hello, everyone. Welcome into Southeastern 14. I'm Blaine Gilmer. This is going to be another episode of Jake's Takes with Jake Crane from Crane & Company on the Daily Wire. We'll get to Jake, our co-host and our special guest here during football season in just a minute. But first, guys, we got to talk to you about what we're doing with Bet Online. BetOnline.ag, guys. Make sure that if you got all your betting action, all that kind of stuff, you go over there to check those guys out. The last major pro sports league is off and rolling with the NBA. They got an in-season tournament that I have no idea what that's even all about, but they're doing it, and you can bet on it. They got college basketball, NFL, college football, UFC, NHL. It's all in full swing. BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to BetOnline today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, because we are part of the Believe Network now. So that's B-L-E-A-V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we need to go ahead and get started with our man, Jake Crane. Jake, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great as usual. It's uh, it's always a good time to join you. I just, uh, it's amazing. I feel like every week we bring up how fast football season goes and and here we are going into week 12, you know, really with one more week of the regular season left after this. It's, uh, it just, it does it every year. It is, I mean, it's nuts. It's absolutely crazy how, uh, you know, how much you wait and wait and wait for football and then it just, flies by well, and you're, and you're yeah, I, I think it's the anticipation that does i think that's why it goes by so fast is because you anticipate it so much it's like christmas i love christmas everybody loves christmas if you don't love christmas it's going to be hard for me to ever really trust you uh but like you wanted to get here so quick like it gets here and then it's gone uh I, it's just the build up and the anticipation man but uh we it's it's not over by any stretch of the imagination and there's a lot that's going to happen after the regular season ends obviously Oh, and it, it's already getting started. We're, this is not officially one of our topics. Uh, I know you guys have covered it in detail, both the head coaching jobs at Texas A&M and Mississippi State. We'll actually touch on Mississippi State later, but we know you're a big proponent of Urban Meyer. You think that's a pipe pipe dream, or you think you're hearing rumblings that it could actually happen? Well, the longer it goes without him being announced the guy, I think the less likely it is that he ends up being the guy because – you have coaches that are out there right now that are obviously coaching their teams. There's only a couple weeks left in the season. So what you're probably getting is, hey, yes, I'm in, but I want to coach my guys the last couple weeks of the season out of respect for them and then announce that I'm heading you know, for the bowl game. Because you do want to get in as quick as possible with the early signing period now being the true silent signing period. You know, Now you have the signing period in December and then the late signing period now uh, in February that used to be the old you know, signing day that we all remember. But um, no, man, I, I do think Urban Meyer, though, would be a really good fit there for a couple reasons. And I don't think you'd have to absolutely break the bank to get him. And people are shocked when I say that. But I do think he wants back in. He wears those Bond villain sunglasses on the set of Big New Kickoff for a reason. Uh, and, and listen, he's not, not, not a great guy, right? He's not going to go out there and be handing out, you know, yeah, friendship bracelets to everybody or talking about being a good Samaritan. Uh, but neither was Bobby Petrino. And you hired him. And, and I don't think Urban is as awful as what people think. Uh, you know, he's, or he gets built up to be this absolute monster uh, when at the end of the day, he wouldn't be on Fox if he was this monster a lot of people make him out to be. So I think if and, and A&M's never had somebody build them up, even when Urban was at Florida. Steve Spurrier had done it before him. 
when he was at Ohio State, there's a lot of coaches that have done it before him. You could go to AM, a place with all the resources in the world, and be the first one to ever do it there. You could be the golden goose. You could be the one, you know, that that they all remember that you go back to and say that's where it started. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, the, the longer this lasts without him being named, uh, the less likely it is. But I, right now, I would guess, just like everybody else, Mike Elko is obviously a very serious candidate. I think Jamie Chadwell, uh, it'd be worth him spending the equity that he's built up to go to AM, not Mississippi State. Was the tweet was the tweet real or the ex post real by Jamie Chadwell with the location at Starkville? Starkville? I, I, I think it was Photoshopped. I, I don't think. Um, I, I don't think that was legit. But if you're Jamie Chadwell, and listen, I, I've got a ton of respect for Mississippi State, right? But I think if we're all going to be honest with each other, I think there is a difference in the AM and Mississippi State job. There's a difference in jobs where if you built up enough equity, like Jamie Chadwell did at Coastal Carolina, and he's doing at Liberty, right? Like Billy Napier did when he was in the Sun Belt. He built up all that equity, and he didn't have to jump and take the first job. He waited and then took the Florida job, which we'll see how that pans out. But it was right to wait for that. When you look at Kirby Smart, D.C. at Alabama, he didn't jump at the first opportunity that he got to be a head coach anywhere. He waited for the perfect job, and he got it at Georgia. So, um, you know, I, I I don't know if Mississippi State's that place that Jamie Chadwell spins up that equity. Uh, I, I think there's some other some other options that he's going to have. But, I mean, you know, you're, you're you know, knocking it down at Liberty right now like it's easy. Absolutely. And I mean, million dollars at liberty i don't know if a lot of people know that they got a word on campus it's how no much did you say broke what 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 amount did you say about four million. Oh wow yeah that's, that's liberty good. oh god liberty's got that long money long <laughs> money i hear you i hear you uh well hey the flames are, are certainly having a great year um but two teams that are not having great years jake that would be the Florida Gators and Arkansas Razorbacks, definitely not by their standards. I want to know what is your level, like from one to 10, in terms of the futures for Napier and Pittman, like after the conclusion of this season. What's your level of concern? One being not much, 10 being they're gone yeah, uh, type yeah. deal for those two guys. Uh, look, I think they're two totally different circumstances, right? Obviously, Coach Pittman's been at Arkansas longer than, than Billy's been at Florida. Um, that they were two different uh, situations when they were when they were taken over. I can make the argument that Sam Pittman, the situation he took over, uh, was was worse than than you know what happened with with Billy and the way it ended with Dan on the field and off the field with what had gotten in that program. Uh, but concern wise for Arkansas, it's it's to the top. It, it's as far as it can go. I, I think it's time. You know, I came on here after uh, uh, Arkansas beat Florida on the road and said, you know, that may have been the worst thing that could have happened for Arkansas. You know, it's just delaying the inevitable. It's giving you hope. And then you let an Auburn team that, that that you know, let's face it, they're, they're playing their best ball of the year, but this isn't, you know, this isn't the Chiefs rolling in town and they beat you to sleep in all three phases, 48 to 10. I think the biggest problem is not only are you losing, which is a big problem, obviously, but you're losing and it's in conflict with what's supposed to be the identity of your head coach. It's no secret Sam Pittman's an offensive line guru, offensive line genius, run game guy, understands all the protections. Uh, and and you're, you're not good up front. On the offensive line, you haven't been. You've been pretty much the exact opposite. Defensively, it's fluctuated. Um, you know, I think it's actually been their strength this year at, at most points. But, you know, at the end of the day, I it just it's not not working out. Uh, do you wait and and let the buyout drop and get rid of them? Uh, I think Arkansas has the money not to not to have to do that. But and I think you might as well do it because it's not going to pretty be pretty either way. 
you know, and I think there's some guys out there in the market that, that could do well at Arkansas. Now, 100%. Yeah. Well, at Florida, I was just going to say, listen, Billy, um, I, I picked them to, to have an even worse year than they're having. So I'm not shocked by this. I kind of anticipated this. And here's what I want Florida fans to understand. I know it's hard to be patient, especially at a place like Florida. And when you see other teams that, that win quickly, I get that. I understand that. But in the environment and the climate that Billy Napier is in, uh, I would be more concerned right now about the recruits kind of jumping ship than I would about the losses on the field, even though it's been very up and down. I get that it's a roller coaster ride. You don't have a lot of consistency or continuity. And I, I get that can be frustrating. But here's what happens. If you said, all right, let's just go ahead and fire Billy then. Let's go ahead and fire Billy after this year and start over. Whatever guy is going to take this job, which Ford is a very attractive job, but think about the optics. You just fired a guy two years in, basically, who had a really hard schedule and not nearly as easy of a rebuild as what people thought. And going into 2024, the schedule is even harder. Why would you not just ride the wave out, see if he can fix it in 2024? If it's an absolute flaming disaster and recruiting is falling off uh, off the face of the earth, then you get rid of him. But but getting rid of him right now would would just be bad business in in the end. So I'm I'm not as worried because I know Scott Strickland probably knows that. So uh, I would say halfway, halfway for Florida. It's going to be tough down the stretch too. Let's put our. Uh... First of all, that you know, when you talked about that being the worst thing to happen to Arkansas when they beat Florida, uh, that little jolt of you know excitement and stuff like that when they get there. Yeah, I, I told Chris, uh, Chris Lee, who's a co-host here on the on the channel, I said, you know, that's a term called terminal lucidity because I looked up what is I googled what is the last burst uh, burst of energy that yeah. people get before death. They die. I was just thinking that I was hundred percent. I was hundred percent just thinking that. It's called terminal lucidity. They get to feeling great, and then they go on to meet the good Lord. So, uh, you know, that's that's right, give me what, some of that at the end, please. Yeah, yeah. No. So, so uh, I think that's what Arkansas was experiencing down in Gainesville with some terminal lucidity. But in terms of, let's put our ten full hats on for a second. Are you you ready to get a little weird with some uh, with some look, conspiracy? Look, all Joaquin Phoenix. This whole thing. <laughs> so there's some people out there. There's some online chatter and stuff like that saying, okay. Remember what happened with the Jaden Rashada thing and the left hand not knowing what the right hand was doing with the NIL with Florida and, and promising him the moon with all that money, not the money not being there, NIL and stuff like that. People are saying out there that, you know, some of the recruits dropping off, they've lost two recruits to Georgia this cycle. They've lost a recruit to Auburn and a recruit to Texas all in the last week. Uh, they've lost three guys here. Some people are saying, hey, this might be some of the people inside of the NIL realm there for Florida that obviously didn't have a great relationship with Billy Napier who are growing tired of the Napier deal and starting to tell some of the, these recruits that, hey, Napier's leaving. We've got to, we've got to you know, fix some things here. We're going to have to do a buyout for a coach, all this. So the money may not be there. Is this something that could come to fruition with all these you know, boosters being so involved now in these recruitments with this NIL operation? Yeah, well, look, you never say never in the SEC. There's a reason the slogan is it, it just means more. But I, I'm going to have to see a little bit more of it until I go that far, uh, until yeah. I'm willing to uh, to drink that Kool-Aid that, that everybody's passing around. Uh, I think this may be a little bit of, of Florida struggling right now. Yeah. And you look at the teams that these guys are leaving to go to, most of these teams are having what? Success. Uh, yeah. And they're able to compete in, in the money sweepstakes that has turned in, well, that has been college football recruiting for a really long time, but now it's just out in the open and, and in public. Uh, but I think it has more to do with that 
um, than anything, which is obviously bothersome. There's no good. There's really not a lot of silver lining in this one for Florida fans. But but I wouldn't go. I wouldn't just you know go storm the gates of Area 51. You know with pitchforks <laughs> and torches just yet. Absolutely. Well, hey, like you said, NIL's been around for a long time. You can just write it off on your taxes now. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, well, we can just talk about it. It's like out in the open now. 100%. Another game that interests me and another team, obviously, you know, Florida has Missouri, and we won't even I, – I, I'm not even going to dignify it because I think they're going to get their doors blown off, and then Arkansas has a cupcake game. But Saturday, Tennessee plays Georgia at home. Is Saturday a litmus test for Josh Heupel and the future of the Tennessee program? I mean, here he is, what, year three, uh, going on, doing things. And then also, what would it take in this game to see Nico at some point at quarterback for Tennessee? Uh, look, I, I think anytime Tennessee, now that they have, and, and it's been this way even when they were down, now that they have expectations coming off a big year, I, I think, and you know, with where Georgia's at, it's always a litmus test, right? You, you find out really, even though it's only four quarters, even though it's only one game, you don't get many opportunities to play a team as capable, as deep, as talented, and as, as you know, uh, DNA winning, I guess is a good way to put it, as a Georgia team. And, and this is how you compare yourself right now in, in the waning days of the SEC East. Now, having said that, this isn't a do or die. This isn't, oh, if we lose this game, it was it was a sham. Josh Heupel's a fraud. We're never going to be good again. Yeah. Oh, my God. We, you well, know, you hear that. You're ball. hearing that right now because they said, hey, he peaked you know, early. At, it's because he showed it. He let him three. slip from the cup, and that's good. Wouldn't you yeah. rather have that problem? Yeah. I would much rather have the problem of, man, we've been really good, and the standard's been raised back to where it should be. We're not really good this year. We're not awful. Yeah. It could be much worse, and yet we're freaking out and panicking. That's what we call a high-class problem. It's Now, remember, this isn't the, oh, it's just Tennessee. We're never going to win. You want to know why? Because Josh Heupel changed that. So yeah. now the standard's been raised, and this is what you're complaining about. So before you jump off a cliff, please remember that you're complaining in a different way than even uh, it, it was for the last three generations of Tennessee fans. So, you know, catch yourself a little bit. Now, you want to win, obviously, right? When you do raise that standard, one of the, the I guess, you know, consequences of it is that you have to keep meeting that standard. Why do you think people at Clemson were freaking out when they were going 10-2, and two, and now they're absolutely losing their minds that they're not going to win double-digit games? That wouldn't have been the case at Clemson it, it, before Dabo Sweeney got there, before they almost even fired him. So, um, yeah, it's a litmus test, you know, about who this team really is, and you can obviously help ruin Georgia, take a take part in ruining Georgia's season or, or putting a huge roadblock up for them. But if you're panicking about Josh Heupel, just understand you're screaming from an ivory tower when everybody else used to be scre screaming from a log cabin in the woods somewhere. Yeah, hundred percent. And then my point on Nico uh, Amaliva oh, is yeah. that is that with him, okay. Every game this year until last game after that Missouri loss, Tennessee has had the SEC championship out in front of them in terms of opportunity until Georgia beat Ole Miss uh, and, and they lost to Missouri last week. Now, my question to you is, okay, let's say hypothetically Joe Milton goes out and really struggles against that Georgia defense. Do you think they turn to the freshman or do you think they just ride out this game and let him play against a, a lesser opponent? Well, look, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to read the company line, but I truly believe, I mean, you know, Coach Heupel's going to have the guy out there that he thinks gives the offense the best chance to move the ball. And if Joe Milton throws the ball in the red zone and in the intermediate game, like he did against Missouri, I know his numbers weren't awful, but he was off on a lot yeah. of – and not just off by a little bit, 
off by a lot. And, and Tennessee, while this isn't the wide receiver room that, that we saw last year, or even what they had coming into this year with the injuries to guy, guys like Brew McCoy and what else they've had gone on, these guys can make plays. But, but if Joe Milton is going to be inconsistent and not make the routine throws routine, why not give the kid a chance to come in and, and be the hero? I mean, at some point, and I said this before the season, and look, I'm, I'm right about things and I'm wrong about things, and, and I'll tell you when I'm wrong about it, but everybody that was hyping up Joe Milton and Joe Milton's going to be the SEC Player of the Year, and oh, he, he threw it 85 yards at the Manning Passing Academy. Great. He, throw a slant. <laughs> throw, throw a dig. Com, complete a swing pass. Hey, don't overthrow the guy by 30 yards or throw it over his head or in the ground. Like, it's that's not I – would, I would take Kellen Moore over – uh, Joe Milton. I would take Brandon Cox over Joe Milton. I would take David Green over Joe Milton. That's why it's not called just throwing. It's called passing. And if he's not going to put your guys in the best position to do that, or can and Nico's better than put Nico in there, but I don't think you put him in there just to to punish Joe Milton yeah. if he's not playing well. He needs to legitimately be able to help your offense, and he's shown flashes of being able to do that. The last thing about Tennessee before we move on is, uh, you know, I've already mentioned online chatter. I went on and I was testing the pulse of the, the Tennessee fan base, just seeing where they're at. And there's a couple threads on these message boards, people saying, Josh Heupel won with Jeremy Pruitt's players. How much How much do you think about that? Jeremy Pruitt couldn't win with Jeremy Pruitt's players. <laughs> like, I, I, I just, I, look, I it you. takes so much, like, and, and, I think there's been a couple instances where I guess that's true, right? Um, but like so much goes into to putting these teams together and like these teams functioning and and you know things working that 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 if you've ever been inside of uh, inside of it and seen how the sausage is made, you know that's just not true, right? Like it's it, not fully true. It may be part of the reason. Right, well, maybe it's also it's partly just, true because he's only been there three years. Once you've been there four like, years or more, you, but, everybody but, has somebody else's players. Yeah, but but like I mean, at the end of the day, it's not that's not the main catalyst and why you know Josh has been able to do what he's done. So I now I don't buy into that. I think that's just people that are upset trying to find uh, a way to trash the coach. Which look, sometimes right. trashing the coach is necessary. I'm not saying it's not. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Um, so Georgia jumps Ohio State, goes to number one in the CFP. Here's what I got to thinking about. If the CF, CFP committee is saying that Georgia now is the best team right now and that, that their resume has been helped by beating a number nine and a number 12 team in their rankings in uh, Ole Miss and Missouri, if they beat Tennessee this week, beat Georgia Tech, and then they would lose a heartbreaker, like a close game to Alabama, how does Georgia then fall below the the top four, in my opinion? I mean, how would they justify that, you think, if if that's their well, one loss? Well, I think pretty easily. I mean, it just depends on what happens around them. If Florida State goes undefeated, they're in. Michigan or Ohio State goes undefeated, which if you see who they're going to play in the Big Ten West, from the Big Ten West in the Big Ten Championship, that's a de facto championship game, in my opinion. 
So that's two. And I think Florida State's going to go undefeated as well. Uh, then you look at Texas, right? Uh, if you're George, if you're anybody, you're rooting for Texas to lose, right? So because that op pretty much opens up another spot, gives them two losses. Could happen this weekend in Ames, Iowa. They've lost three out of the last four. You know, they've been kind of hanging on here lately. Um, but you want to root on Texas to lose because if Texas wins out, I think they will be a one-loss team that is in, right? Because they have the tiebreaker over Alabama. If or if Washington runs the table, they're in, obviously. That that's worst case scenario, I think, for a one-loss Georgia or a one-loss Alabama, is that you have three undefeated teams, right? Uh, that go in there. But I, I don't see a way that Georgia gets in outside of mass carnage if they if they lose the SEC championship game. I think you'd rather lose this game against Tennessee than lose the SEC championship game. So you, and so, so to be clear, it doesn't matter if it's a tight game or anything. It's just if they have that one blemish, it's like Herman Boone. Uh, I put you in a bad position. Go lose a game. You're fired. <laughs> you know, yeah. That, no, that, like, that like I, I think if Georgia, the way it's going to work out, right? Cause you, I mean, you have to believe there's going to be probably at least two undefeated teams that get automatically yeah. in. So that leaves two spots. If Oregon wins out and they beat Oregon State and then they beat Washington. They're, look at where they're at right now in the college football playoff rankings. They're probably going to be in. If it comes down to a one-loss Alabama that just beat Georgia, they have the tiebreaker over Georgia. If it comes down to an Alabama, Texas, and Georgia all having one loss, Texas gets in because they have the tiebreaker over Alabama that has the tiebreaker over Georgia. So, I again, Man, the, the easiest path, I think, for Georgia, if they have one loss, obviously the easiest path is going defeated. But the easiest path that they have one loss is you might as well lose this one and then beat Bama in the SEC championship game. So, Because if I think they lose the SEC championship game, I don't think a one-loss non-SEC champion, because I think the SEC is only getting one team in this year, uh, is going to get in. And you're not getting in if you're Georgia over a one-loss Alabama if y'all both have one loss. You just lost to them you know, on a neutral yeah. side. Now, I think uh, obviously Georgia fans are, are, you know, hoping that they just take care of business, don't have to worry about it. But also, sure. uh, they would have to, they, they would have to, I think I said one thing that everybody's going to be united on in the SEC is, as you mentioned, I think everybody's going to be rooting for like Iowa State. They're going to be rooting for Oregon State down the stretch here to upset yeah. either one well, of those. Well, Oregon two teams. State could ruin the whole thing. That the, they could beat Washington and Oregon, knock the Pac 12 out of it. And now, that probably helps Bama out the most, honestly. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So it's going to be. I mean, would this not be it's a wild year for the twelve, the twelve team? Yeah. Oh, dude, I know, right? We, I just hope it better be this good next year. Don't give yeah. me this the year before the twelve team, and just give me vanilla pudding next year. Oh, Even yeah. it's probably going to come down to Bama, Georgia. Yeah, I mean, crazy, crazy how that all goes down. Now I wanted to throw a. We talked a little bit before we got got on the air, uh, and I want to talk a hypothetical Mississippi State scenario. Okay, I already I already threw out Chip Kelly at you. If he gets fired at U, at UCLA coming over there, and you're like, well, he doesn't like to recruit, but I didn't tell you my second part of this. Here's my hypothetical scenario, and it's going to oh, hurt here. you a little put, bit. Put the tinfoil hat on. It's going to hurt you a little bit. Okay, yeah. with the with the Auburn side of things. What if Chip Kelly came over there? took that job in Starkville, and because he doesn't really like to recruit a whole lot, but he just wants to – he's going to call his own plays. He goes over and says, hey, Cadillac Williams, uh, why don't you come be my assistant head coach, and I'll give you the title of offensive coordinator, 
give you the money of the offensive coordinator. You can recruit the state of Alabama, the state of Mississippi, everything like that for me and help help build this program. How would you like that combo? I, I mean, I, I don't think he'd be stupid for doing it. You know, the real question is, why wouldn't you just call up Del McGee and say, hey, oh, yeah. man, me and you will split play calling duties. Let you come over and be the the uh, the uh, uh, assistant. Either, either, one. either one. Either one. one. Like, I don't think that'd be stupid. He would have to. To come down yeah. here and be able to just survive the way that, that he handles recruiting, he would have to have an ace in the hole or a couple ace in the holes. Um, and you can, and you can do that, obviously, when you brought up the, the way he operates his offense. I mean, he's the OC, right? So, uh, you know, some guys handle it like Texas and Sark where he's the OC and, and Kyle Flood, who's a hell of an offensive line coach, is the technical, you know, OC and gets that money. It gets that money. And some guys do it, do it uh, in, in the recruiting vein of it. So, no, I think he, not that would he, he would have to make a move like that, Blaine. I think you're spot on, but I, I don't think Chip's going to be the guy. I tell you, a guy that I think, uh, th they'd be smart to look at is Barry Odom. And I know, yeah. you know, that's not the, the sexiest name out there and that doesn't really get the blood going like some of the others do, especially early, early on in the coaching search where everybody still has hopes, uh, you know, until you find out the one you really got to marry. Not in my case though. I got lucky. Just wanted to make sure I said that, <laughs> but, uh, but no, Barry Odom, he's, he's had experience being a head coach in the sec before at Missouri, right? It, it didn't go great for him there. He's he's totally turned it around, and you learn from your mistakes. Obviously, what he's doing at UNLV, and he'll bring Brendan Marion, the OC, and that go-go offense. If you haven't seen it, you will yeah. fall in love with it, and it is destroying people. It is, it's, it's going to. to there's some parts of it that are already in college football, but but the way they've kind of put the recipe together, and you really have to watch it to understand it. Um, it's kind of blend of a little bit of, of all the, the new era alternative stuff together. And it's deadly effective. I think it'd be a very big recruiting tool for Mississippi state. Uh, I, I think it would make it sexy to play there. Uh, and he does have that experience and, and we know what he can do with defenses. So uh, I, I think Barry Odom's the guy they should really look at. And if Jeff trailer would listen, the head coach at UTSA, I don't think he's a legit candidate for the A&M job at, at least. You know, I don't think you fired Jimbo when you fired him to bring in Jeff Trailer, but that's another guy I would really look at because uh, I just don't think Jamie Ch Jamie Chadwell would take it. If Jamie would take it, that would be a grand slam. Oh yeah, it, it would be. I I do think uh, you mentioned you know it wouldn't be a uh, a sexy hire and stuff like that with, with Barry Odom, but I mean Starkville in itself find a place, but it's not. It, you need somebody who's going to get in there and and work and not be afraid to get a little you know dirty and be part of the community and get out and, you know, do all that kind of yeah, stuff. And, you know? and I think, I, I think Barry Odom's the type guy where it, he could, you could see him staying at Mississippi state for a long time. Right. I mean, Dan Mullen stayed there nine years and then left him for a better looking girl. Uh, and, and, you know, do you ever really get over that? If Dan Mullen is a serious candidate, like I'm, I'm going to trust you again. We had nine great years together, right? We, we had kids, we put them in school. We, we made all the memories and all of a sudden, you know, you get an Instagram message and then you go out for milk and you never come back. How can I trust you ever again? Uh, so, I mean, I, I just think Barry Unum's the type of guy where you're giving him a second chance. Some guys think they'll never have a chance to come back and be a head coach in the SEC. In fact, most don't uh, after they get their one shot. Uh, I don't know, man. It just seems like a good fit. And that offense kind of seems like a good fit. Yeah, I think uh, uniqueness is definitely yeah, something. I, I, I totally agree with that. For sure. Uh, quick, real quick, let's go through uh, do the your picks and and your betting sides on on all the game the the three SEC on SEC games this week. So uh, Georgia, when I made this graphic, it was ten. Now it's up to ten and a half different places, things like that. So uh, Georgia minus ten at Tennessee, 
59 and a half over under what's your uh what's your thoughts on the game and and what where would you bet on this one I mean I think you'd be crazy not to take Georgia you know I I take Georgia minus minus 10 uh if I would buy it down a point you might as well buy it down a point and get it at minus nine and a half if it's at ten and a half it's worth it just the way it works out. I, I think Tennessee, it, it may be similar a little bit to the Alabama game. They get up early, but Georgia, you know, that G stands for gravity. Uh, they're able to push you down throughout the game, and, and they've been so efficient all, you know, throughout the game, but especially in the second half. Uh, they do a really good job, and, and they're only getting better while develop, uh, they're winning while developing, which is scary in its own. And I mean, they didn't have a third down until the yeah. second half last week. Ridiculous. And so that's insane. If the offensive line's getting healthy, tell you what, man, Georgia, they're a problem. I, I think they cover. We we haven't talked since the the Ole Miss game. Uh, I wanted to just how how scary is it to have healthy Brock Bowers, healthy Lad McConkey, healthy Amarius Mims? Georgia hadn't had it all year, and they had they had it against Ole Miss last week. Uh, all star team. I mean, yeah. it's it's an all star team, and and Carson Beck, you know, he's he's doing everything he needs to do. I mean, he's he just he makes great decisions with the ball. Um, I think he's a great case for why sometimes waiting is the best. You know, sometimes you know to to, to you know to abstain is is the best. Uh, <laughs> but at the end of the day, uh, it's it's a team that has an answer for everything, and they're all in rhythm, and, and they've had enough games together now. And Brock being back, you've had time to develop that chemistry, and you're, you're kind of getting your second wind health wise. Uh, very scary. Very, very, very scary. No doubt. No doubt. Kentucky, uh, when I made this, they were minus two at South Carolina. I'm not sure exactly where that one's moved. Uh, over under 54 night game, williams Bryce Stadium. Uh, they tend to play, they being South Carolina, tends to play their best ball in November under Shane Beamer. Um, you know, my my graphic down here, does UK, UK stop the bust in the secondary? Because you know South Carolina's going to be slinging it. What's your thoughts on this game? Well, you know, as bad of a matchup as as Georgia and Alabama were for was for Kentucky, I, I think South Carolina is a much better matchup because South Carolina is just not great in the box on defense and the gap scheme run, the power, the counter. What Kentucky really wants to do, uh, it, it should be there, which ignites their offense. Right? They, they're you know they, they use some of the most play action uh, in the SEC. That's obviously built off Ray Davis in the run game. So I think they'll have success there. And when you have success in the run game, and, and I use this all the time because it's the truth, with this new clock rule, you can now limit possessions. I think you'll see Kentucky do a little bit, bit of that, even though I, I know their offensive coordinator, Liam Cohen, wants to blow the bulbs out of the scoreboard. Uh, uh, but South Carolina, you know, that you feel kind of their backs are against the wall a little bit. Spencer Rattler, you know, his time at South Carolina is ending. Weird things happen there at night. They really haven't had that game where some crazy stuff happens on special teams. And and I do think Spencer, you know, is as valuable to his team as any player in the country, I believe. Uh, I think South Carolina finds a way. So give me South Carolina on the money line for the upset in what in, in a crazy game, right? Yeah. Block punt, something, something wacky. Absolutely. Last one, uh Florida at Missouri. Missouri getting eleven uh or, Florida getting 11 points in this one, 58 and a half, 730 in Como. That's another place that gets weird, gets freaky over there at Como at night. Uh, so what's your thoughts on this one? Well, you know, they've got the taste of, of winning big games this year in Missouri at home, and, and so they're going to show up and show out, you know, what Eli's done over there. It, you know, it's, it's fantastic to see. It's looking like that two-year extension they gave him at the end of last year. When there are a lot of questions, that that one's really paying off. And and they're doing it with guys that are coming back. Like this Missouri program isn't a flash in the pan. These guys are coming back next year. So expect big things uh, out of Missouri. 
But when you look at this game, you feel like they're going to be able to operate on offense. You know, they're so versatile with Luther Burden, with Weiss Jr., with with Schrader, with the way that offensive lines come along. And then Brady Cook's dual threat ability. I don't think he gets enough credit for his ability to run the ball. I, I think he's a very deceptive runner, really sneaky runner. And Florida, you know, how much – uh, how much more can they take? You know, you you lose that game at home against Arkansas. You go down to LSU and play the 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 Avengers on offense. You know, they may be the the little little Mary Margaret and the sisters of the poor on defense, but good God, LSU's offense is like fighting magic. It's just yeah, you know, good so luck. Good. But uh, no, I I think Missouri covers this. Uh, I think Florida may get a couple plays from Pearsall. I think Mertz is overachieved, to be honest with you, uh, more than great. what I thought he was going to do. But this Missouri team right now, you know, to quote. Uh, you know, Mugatu, that Hansel, he's just so hot right now. Absolutely. Well, speaking of something else that is hot right now, Crane and Company is rolling. You guys, your audience over there is fantastic. Uh, Call-ins, all that kind of stuff. Tell them what you got going on this weekend and where they can find you guys. Yeah, man, if you like talking this this type of ball and, and having a good time, uh, we go live each weekday morning, 7.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern. Uh, 6.30 a.m. to 8 a.m. Central Time. Uh, the easiest way to find us if you watch it on, is on YouTube. It's Crane and Company, C-R-A-I-N and Company. Uh, if you listen, it's Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Go uh, go grab some of our merch. Uh, you can find us online. It's really, really easy. Uh, and if you can't catch us live, uh, it stays on there. But uh, we'd love to hear from you, whether it's in the, from the call line or, or in the chat. We uh, We have a good time. No doubt. And another episode of Jake's Takes here on Southeastern 14 is in the books. For my man, Jake Crane, I'm Blaine Gilmer. Make sure to like, subscribe, turn on notifications, and we'll see you guys next week, next Friday morning, for another episode of Jake's Takes as we go into week 13. Thank you for tuning in to your daily home for SEC sports coverage, Southeastern 14.